What's going on everybody? Drone out here with you. It's a Friday night, September 29, 2023. How is everybody doing out there today? This is going to be a quicker edition of the week four picks. As I said, it'll be back to back Friday side of it because I got a baseball game to go to in the morning and I go see Miguel Cabrera for one last time before he retires as a Detroit Tiger and then moves his way into somewhere in between the front office, whether whatever that's going to be. We'll figure that out as we go. So again, no Lions game to speak of because of the Thursday, and if it was up to me, I'd be 0-4 with the Lions this year as far as picking games. But they did <clears throat> pretty much hand out a big victory over the Green Bay Packers. Hopefully Brian Branch isn't hurt more because he came back in the fourth quarter and got injured again. So last week, I actually thought I was worse than I was when I initially posted. I was 6-9, and nine, still not very good. That has dropped my record to date, 22-23, and 23, so I'm falling below 500. And again, as I've said, if you kind of take my picks and do the inverse, well, at this point, it doesn't help you because I'm going about 500 anyway. So my picks just aren't worth anything right now, but we'll try to get that back above 500, even though I said last week I felt better about those than I did. And now going into it, this is going to be a little bit of rapid fire. So... Whether or not you believe me, I don't do a whole bunch of prep as far as doing all these picks. And I look around what people say and I see the consensus and kind of give my own thoughts a little bit. I'm not a pro. I'm more tailored to the lines of the NHL knowledge, MLB and NBA. NFL is my distant last side of it, but I do the picks because doing the picks against the spread and doing the league, I said, figure why not? We'll make content out of it and do the write-ups at the end of the weekend which is what I usually do. So the picks, sometimes I do well, sometimes I don't. That's the way it goes as far as betting and all that. But just bet within your limits, especially when you're using my picks. So Jacksonville and Atlanta. Jacksonville's at home. And again, and the side of it, when I looked at some of these things in week three, they got blown out by the Houston Texans, 37-17. Is that just a weak runoff? I mean, are you talking about the same Atlanta team that got kind of railroaded by the Lions? And the week before on that side, or what are we really talking about here? What are these two teams? It's only three and a half that Jacksonville has to cover, but I am hoping that Jacksonville has more of a one-off situation and they can bounce back. It seems like their personnel is too good to continue to get pounded like this and just not show up in certain situations. But they're pushing my last straw, and we're just in week four here. Now we get the extra game over the last few years, so... You know what? I'm going to take Jacksonville, but this is trepidation that I'd probably stay far away from. Buffalo and Miami. So Buffalo fans are probably hoping for a lot of snow. I don't know if we're going to get that in Buffalo, New York this time of year. Not yet at this point. Miami getting two and a half points. So Buffalo has been good of late, and Miami has just dropped a 70 bomb on the Denver Broncos, who are not very good. But that offense has been humming along like crazy. Now, the one thing going into it, as far as if you value these stats or not, I believe Josh Allen has 4-1 in the last five games against Tua. So that's going to have you lean against Buffalo on that side. But until Miami's offense actually gets slowed down, I'm just going to go ahead and take the two and a half points and take Miami. Even though it's in Buffalo, I believe in their offense. And it was a 37-3 drubbing against the Commanders, or you got the 70-20 drubbing on that side. There's got to be some kind of meeting in the middle, and I think it's going to be a close game. Maybe Buffalo does get the edge, but I'll just take Miami at this point. Minnesota and Carolina, teams that have not won yet. And again, 
I leaned to it last week. I wasn't very confident. At least I told you that in the outright. If I had to pick one last week between the Chargers and the Vikings, I took the Vikings out of pure desperation in the NFC North. Well, now they're 0-3, and they're playing against Carolina. It's probably the easiest matchup they're going to get to date at this point, whether or whether or not it's Bryce Young. If Minnesota doesn't win this one, favored 3.5, then uh, I think those betting lines are really going to start to turn. So I will take the Vikings. Again, I'm going to go with the desperation theme and figure out a way that they would get it done. That's my thoughts on it, but we'll see if that ends up coming up to fruition. So this is the most interesting line of the week, and you tell me if this makes sense. Again, I know both of these teams are bad, so going into it, they don't have a single win. Look, I get it. Both 0-3, Denver and Chicago. They're at Soldier Field, Chicago getting 3.5. Denver is favored by 3.5 after giving up a 70-burger. I know that Chicago was absolutely obliterated by the Kansas City Chiefs, but what does that tell you? The Chiefs beat the Bears 41-10, and Denver gives up a 70-bomb, but yet they're favored by 3.5. Matt Prater, is, is that enough? Because... What else are you going to show me? You know, Russell Wilson's had some situations where they're good in the first half. And you remember he had those comments about Sean Payton, about Nathaniel Hackett, saying he pretty much did the worst job of all, but then you gave up a 70 spot? Who knows? Um, you know what? Chicago's been so bad this year and dysfunctional with Justin Fields that I have to go with Denver in this situation, but my God, I don't feel good about it. I wish it was more of a pick 'em game. I can't believe that Denver has to cover three and a half, but I guess I'll go with it. Please don't bet on this one. Hey, maybe it's easy enough for Chicago to even get their first win. Things can't be all that bad. I mean, you went through uh, Jay Cutler and Rex Grossman and things like that, right? I'm sorry, Chicago fans. Nothing's been uh, rose-colored glasses here in Detroit either up until this year concurrently. Cleveland and Baltimore. Cleveland, they're in the dog pound. They get to take on Baltimore. Baltimore gets two and a half points. They had a disappointing game against the Indianapolis Colts on that end, and Cleveland pretty much decimated the Browns. It was a big surprise for me. I thought Tennessee was going to be able to... Uh, Cleveland decimated the Browns. Cleveland decimated the Titans. The Clevelands are the Browns, you dummy, on that side. It is two and a half. Cleveland is going to have to cover those points. Baltimore, again, it was a poor showing last week. Are they going to be able to bounce back, or is that Cleveland defense legit? Look, now they got Kareem Hunt in the backfield. I don't think that's going to make him more than a second or third fiddle on that side, but still, that defense has been rolling, and I think they can put some uh, screws to the Baltimore Ravens. Lamar Jackson's good, but the receivers are still kind of eh to me. Justin Tucker has been missing some kicks of late. I feel like the two and a half isn't too much to ask for. I don't normally do this, but I will take the Cle Cleveland Browns. I think that they'll get it done. Pittsburgh and Houston. Houston again got that big win last week against the Jacks. But is that team somewhere in the middle? And for the Pittsburgh Steelers, they won a couple games in a row. Coming off of the win against the Browns the week before and then the Raiders last week. It's only three and a half. But I think Kenny Pickett and crew can get, get it done. I like Mike Tomlin on that side. I think they're farther ahead. Even with C.J. Stroud or whatever, I know it's on the road. Give me the Steelers. Give me the experience. I think they cover the three and a half. This one is a pick em game. Indianapolis and the L.A. Rams. Indy's at home. They only have to cover one and a half. This is one of those situations after coming off the win in overtime against the Ravens. 
And you have the Rams in a pretty much pick em situation. Whereas I told you last week, I was able to get that victory with the Bengals only because on that end, it, they just had to have it on that side. But I don't think they covered on that end. So unless it was uh, two and a half. No, they did. It was two and a half for me. It was three and a half for you guys. So you wouldn't have covered it. I got lucky by a point on that end. But still, the LA Rams in Indianapolis, I really don't know which way to lean on this one. I'll be completely honest with you, but I'll go with the home team. I'll go with Anthony Richardson on that side, and then we'll see for Puka Nakua if he can continue because he didn't have a great week last week. If that continues, if Stafford plays a little bit better. But Zach Moss has absolutely been rolling, but he's going to have to go up against Aaron Donald in that defense. Yeah, man, I, I kind of want to take the Rams, to be honest with you, but... I guess I'll just lean with the home team and see what happens. New Orleans and Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay now gets three and a half. New Orleans favored. So in this situation now with the injury, and then you get an opportunity for Tampa Bay after getting drubbed to go ahead and get points. I'm just going to go ahead with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I think they bounce back. Three and a half. That seems like a close enough line anyway. I'll just go ahead and lean with it. Give me the Bucks. Philadelphia and Washington. Washington gets eight and a half. Look, they got pounded by the Buffalo Bills. No shame in that on that side. But the Philadelphia Eagles have been saying all year again, it's been the easy button. It's been the Staples button. Well, they don't have those stores anymore on that side for Philadelphia. If you take them, you're pretty much guaranteed a victory. I'm going to ride that until the wheels and the train fall off. Give me the Eagles. I know eight and a half sounds like a lot. And maybe even Washington can cover because I don't think they're a bad team. But I'm going to go ahead and take Philadelphia. Cincinnati and Tennessee. This is a toss-up game, and I think the line shows that as well. Two and a half as the Titans are at home. Cincinnati coming off the win against the Rams. They didn't look particularly good doing it, but you know, late in that game, Burrow was able to clutch up and find a way to get it done. Can he clutch up and find a way to get it done to cover a field goal? That's only two and a half. I feel like he can. Give me the Bengals. Chargers and Vegas, it's five and a half. How many close games, again, the Chargers were able to get it against the Vikings, but how many close games are the Chargers going to have to play with? Are they going to be able to dominate Vegas at home? It's only five and a half, and that offense has been rolling. And I'm not sure about Austin Eckler's availability. That could kind of throw a wrench into some things where five and a half might seem like a lot. But I'll go ahead and take the Chargers and then leave it. As I look at the last few games on here for Dallas and New England, at 7.5, Dallas really didn't do so well for a lot of the betters out there because I imagine a lot of you picked the Cowboys in the 12.5 against the Cardinals, and that even ballooned a little bit more to 13 and 14 on that side for some sides. But now it's only 7.5. I know it's Zeke Elliott on the other end. He wants to be able to show something against his former team, but it is Mac Jones on that side. Look, Bill Belichick, I think, is good enough to be able to cover 7.5. But I, I really need to see Dallas in a little bit of a bounce-back game here. I understand that getting the win, that's all they really care about. They don't care about the other betters out there. But New England isn't really a good offensive team. And they really need to bounce back from what happened against Arizona. Because not only did they not cover, they flat out lost. So I think Dallas needs to be able to play a better game. I expect them to do at so at Jerry's World. I know 7.5 is a lot. Maybe take New England, but I'm going to go ahead with Dallas on this one. San Francisco and Arizona. Arizona's feeling themselves on the road after taking out the Cowboys, but now they've got to go play the 49ers. I think the train's coming. Give me the 49ers. It's 14 and a half 
on my side, but I'm taking it. I'm going with the Niners. Kansas City and the Jets, nine and a half in the Meadowlands. Kansas City's offense has been rolling of late. Zach Wilson, again, I do feel bad for him. I feel like I say that every week on that side. But if Kansas City's offense continues to hum, and I know the Jets' defense is good, I don't think the defense is able to hold out forever. And Kansas City is still able to show some things on defense of late that surprised me that um, I didn't think was going to hold, but maybe they're a little better defensive team than I give them credit for, given it's a second year for most of the young players. I'm going to go ahead and take the Chiefs on the road, having to cover 9.5. And And that leads me to the Giants and Seattle. Unless there are some injury designations that I'm not aware of here early on this Friday side. I know the picks would normally go into the following day so I can look at injury designations, but the Giants are favored at home by a point and a half against Seattle. And I'm not really sure why. Is Saquon Barkley coming back? Is that going to be enough? Because I think Seattle is a better team and they're getting a point and a half. I'll take Seattle on the road to go ahead and uh, get the points and win the game outright. So let me close by saying this. we got all our picks in, but I want to give you an NBA 2K update. And then I'll give you an MLB update and I'll tell you about the NHL stuff. I'll do this really quickly. So what I found out was I got the NBA build to 92 because you can play on the lower rec side of it. Look, I know it's lower rec, haha, easier matchups. No, really not so fast on that side because over the last few years, again, I've been making more of the rim runners because the shooting's a little bit outrageous in some of these other games. It's easier to get those double-doubles and contribute for the rebounds and blocks and play defense because most people don't know how to play in the post and the paint, and I can at least do some of that. Now I decided on the next-gen side for the PS5, I'll make a guard. I'm going to give him a 96 jump shot and give him the best chance. So the jump shot's fine, but it's still kind of the same thing based off if it's not green, it's not in. And no matter how many badges you had, look, I know a lot of this stuff was on bronze. I'm still working the way to Amethyst and Hall of Fame for the badges side, so I hope that clears up. But on the rec side, if it's not green, it's not in. That makes it tough, and that would be fine. I would totally be fine with that being a more difficult game and for guards and things like that. I get it. That's what you want to have. You don't want to have everything be so easy. I'd be fine with that until I saw some of their gameplay and then when I started playing online, not just from the My Career stuff. In between speed with ball and acceleration, you could have a guy with 25 excel and you could have a guy with 25 speed with ball and he'd still be more than my double 86s on both sides. It would be the same speed across the board from 0 to 100 or 25 which is the lowest to the 86 I have. So from 25 to 99, it's the same across the board. I understand that might give you some badge differentiation as far as what you can equip and unequip based off your rating. But that made my speed advantage that I thought I was going to have a pain. And then seeing me get it triple teamed because the rest of the other players on the team can't shoot, that makes life a living hell. So if you're still not playing with friends in the wreck and you're still stuck in people that can't pass, hate to tell you that uh, jump shot build and speed build, that might not be the one either. Big man still might be the way to go. That'll be the secondary build as I continue to amass VC via other methods as we talk about and then figure that out in the wash because I don't want to spend money so yeah word of warning on that side I did the best I could with the build I have but there's going to be some issues and then on the other end we'll close it out with two other things Major League Baseball scheduling so 
On the Tuesday side, we will have the start of the wall card series. We're going to get the day off Monday. Everything will be figured out Sunday night as far as who plays who and who's in and who's out on that side. The AL West is still up for grabs between Texas, Houston, and Seattle. Then you have the Arizona Diamondbacks and Chicago Cubs and National League trying to figure out who's going to get in. So on the Monday night side, I will post in the community tab and in Twitter X spaces and on the Facebook side of what I'm going to cover as far as a wall card side. As long as rain doesn't get in the way, it'll be a full series of wall card of the two teams going against each other. Let's just say that it's Seattle. So it'll be Seattle and whoever else goes. I'm going to cover the full two or three games in that wall card. It is best of three between the Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday side. And then the following week will be the start of the NHL season. Alec Nava is going to have the Pittsburgh Penguins and the Chicago Blackhawks. It'll be Sidney Crosby versus Connor Bedard. I will have the nightcap in between the Vegas Golden Knights and the banner-raising ceremony against the Seattle Kraken. And then Wednesday will be with Cooper Hopkins on that side between the Calgary Flames home opener against Winnipeg Jets and then Don Tottingham on Thursday. Unless it's a solo call if you can't join, but it'll be me and him on that side between the Red Wings, and the Devils. So Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, the next two weeks will be my scheduling situation. So I hope you guys join in for some MLB wildcard action and then the start of the NHL regular season. I am back for good. Again, we're going to be giving you the football picks all the way through the regular season, but as far as everything else in the broadcasting side, I'm back for good into the summer months, and then I'll have occasional weekends where I won't be doing streaming because I'll be doing the games with the Waterford Sharks during the home games. So though it's my schedule for the next two weeks, I gave you a 2K update. NHL 24 launches next week. And for the love of God, I hope it's decent. I haven't played the game in three years because the only other sports game I can stomach right now at this point is MLB The Show. I know it's not what it used to be, but it's still leaps and bounds better than any other sports game. So whether it's just a little bit of uh, EASHL or some hot moments, even though I don't play hot, but I do like the missions, get a chance to play against the other cards and uh, you know, dream teams and things like that. That could be cool against the computer and then playing the online versus with friends. Other than that, we'll see what happens. But NHL 24 launches next week, and then that'll work out well in between the NHL schedule the following week that I gave you on the broadcast side. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, the next two weeks. Hope you guys enjoy. We'll talk to you soon. Peace out, everybody. You have a good one. As far as the NFL picks, I will see you next Saturday.